Hello from the newsroom of the Financial Times in London. I'm Suzanne Blimson and this is News in Focus, where we offer our insights into the global news stories that matter. Carlos Gome remains a hero in Lebanon, his ancestral home, where his achievements are celebrated alongside other tycoons of Lebanese origin, like the world's richest man, Carlos Slim, and Nick Hayek, who runs Swatch. But it is here that evidence was found that allowed Japanese prosecutors to build what could potentially be their most damaging charge against the former Nissan and Renault boss. Naomi Wovnik, Kana Imgaki, Leo Lewis and Chloe Cornish tell the story so far. Carlos Ghosn was one of the world's most successful chief executives at the time of his arrest last year. But his fall from grace in Japan has been swift and brutal. In the 1990s, he restructured Francis Renault, taking the same cost-cutting techniques to the ailing Japanese car company Nissan in 1999. Credited with saving the company, he won applause from the Japanese, who celebrated his success with everything from a manga comic about his life to a lunchbox in the shape of his face. He is now cast in the role of a tyrant, whose concentration of power and abuse of perks ultimately doomed him. He says he was brought down by plot and treason at Nissan to prevent his attempts to merge the company with Renault. It will take some time to unravel the truth about the allegations, but some clues can be found in the tycoon's ancestral home of Lebanon. Our Middle East correspondent Chloe Cornish takes up the story. Carlos Rosen which is how his name is actually pronounced in Arabic, was born in Brazil to Lebanese parents. But he got very sick as a small child and his mother decided to take him and an older sister back to Lebanon. So he was educated here at a Jesuit school, but went on to study engineering in France. He has French and Brazilian citizenship as well and has described himself as a mixture of the three cultures, Lebanese, French and Brazilian. But Lebanon in the past has been very keen to highlight Mr. Rosen's Lebanese identity. There's a very strong culture of business and trade here, and Lebanon likes to point to successful business people that belong to its vast diaspora, like the billionaire Carlos Slim, for example, as examples of Lebanese business acumen. So Mr. Rosen was a perfect hero for Lebanon, and he's fated here for his turnaround at Nissan in particular. He was actually the first commercial figure to be honoured with a postage stamp. So since the scandal erupted, there's been billboards in Beirut with slogans saying we are all Carlos Rosen and the political establishment here has really sort of jumped behind him. So he was revered in Lebanon, but what were his business dealings there, if any? Carlos Rosen did have business dealings in Lebanon, There are official business dealings that we know about. He is a non-executive board member of a bank called Saradar Bank. He attended a board meeting in Beirut just days before being arrested in Tokyo. Mr. Horson is also a partner in a fancy wine company called Ixir and in a luxury real estate development in the Lebanese mountains, which is planned to be set amid cedar trees. Uh, Cedar trees are Lebanon's national icon. Those are the official business dealings. However, these were not Mr. Gone's only business dealings in Lebanon. Our correspondents Kana Inagaki and Leo Lewis have been covering the Japanese side of the investigation since his arrest. They've reported on an apparently interesting piece of evidence that was found on a laptop in Lebanon. Kana explains why this could be important. 
Since Mr. Gaon was arrested last November, Nissan has been looking into its former chairman's financial dealings worldwide. In March, they obtained information inside a laptop used by Ms. Amal Abujadi, who is Mr. Gaon's personal assistant in Lebanon. Nissan then shared the data with Japanese prosecutors who were looking into how Nissan money was allegedly diverted from an Omani distributor to companies partly or fully owned by Mr. Gon's family through a Lebanese firm called Good Faith Investments, where Ms. Abujadi was also listed as a shareholder. Who was Good Faith Investments? Leo tells us about the company and the lawyer Fadi Gabran who set it up. Good Faith was a Lebanese company that was set up by Mr. Gon's longtime lawyer, and childhood friend who died of cancer in 2017. According to people familiar with the matter, Nissan investigators alleged that good faith was used as a vehicle for company money to be transferred from an Omani distributor to firms with ties to Mr. Ghosn. Ms. Abu Jadeh had also worked for Mr. Gebran until he passed away. Mr. Gebran also played an important role in setting up other companies that are being investigated by Nissan, such as Foynos Investments, which is the entity that owns a $9.5 million house in Beirut that Nissan purchased for Mr. Ghosn. The perks enjoyed by Mr. Ghosn, including company jets and the existence of multiple residential properties bought for his personal use in Japan, Brazil, Lebanon and elsewhere, have added to the sense in Japan that Mr. Ghosn was excessively greedy. But while exposing those perks may have tarnished his reputation, they were certainly not illegal. However... Kana and Leo report that an internal investigation by Nissan found that about 35 million in payments were made from its Dubai-based subsidiary to an Amani distributor with ties to a friend of Mr. Ghosn between 2011 and 2018. According to people familiar with the case, an internal investigation by Nissan has found that some of the $35 million was allegedly diverted to beauty yachts a company owned by Mr. Ghosn's wife from May 2018 to buy a luxury yacht for his family. They also allege that some money was used to invest in a company partly owned by Mr. Ghosn's son. Representatives for his family said his wife Carol did not know that she owned the company until prosecutors brought the case. His son Anthony declined to comment on whether there was any transfer of money between Goodfaith and his company Shogun Investments. How did all this come to light? Were Lebanese prosecutors involved in helping to track down the money trail? Leo explains. This came to light as part of an internal investigation by Nissan, and the information was shared by the company with Japanese prosecutors. Months before Mr. Ghosn's arrest on November the 19th last year, two senior officials at Nissan signed a plea bargain with Tokyo prosecutors in exchange for sharing details of the company's internal investigation into Mr. Ghosn's financial dealings. It doesn't seem that Lebanese prosecutors were in any way involved in assisting the Japanese prosecutors or Nissan in their investigation. Mr. Ghosn has been charged with misconduct in relation to misreporting his pay at Nissan and using his position for personal benefit. He continues to protest his innocence over the charges, as Kana explains. Mr. Ghosn has denied charges that he understated his pay at Nissan and made personal gains by diverting $5 million from the Japanese carmaker. On the issue of Ms. Abujadi's laptop, people close to Mr. Ghosn's family have claimed that it was among other materials that were forcibly seized, but the claim has not been independently verified since Ms. Abujadi could not be reached for comment. So, 
what happens next in this case. With Mr Goan indicted for the fourth time, the focus is now expected to shift to his trial, which could begin at the earliest in the first few months of 2020. As part of the pre-trial proceedings, Japanese prosecutors are expected to disclose to Mr Goan's defence team what kind of evidence they have gathered, including information in Ms Abujade's laptop. That was Naomi Rovnik in London, Chloe Cornish in Beirut, and Kana Inagaki and Leo Lewis in Tokyo. Thanks for listening. Don't forget, if you missed our recent episodes on elections in India, body image and mental health, or Google's new privacy drive, you can find them on all the usual podcast platforms. 